Hello, farm friends. We hope you are doing well in this end of summer, beginning of fall time frame. And by we, I mean I. It is going to be another solo episode here on With My Hands Homestead. But that's okay. I still wanted to check in. Even though Nate can't be here today, he is still night shift working all the time. It is Saturday and he is still working. So we are thankful for him and all the money he brings home. But That means for a few extra solo episodes over here, I'm tired of waiting for him. So we'll just get into it. We will just get in with the updates. Lots to update about, especially now that we are coming to a conclusion of summer. I feel like we're going to have a really good year update uh, coming up. And by good, I mean uh, full of things to talk about. (laughs) It hasn't been the best year. But I mean, all in all, it's been hard. It's been really, really hard. Really, we're really burnt out at this point, but we're getting through it. We are following through with all our commitments. And that's probably a blessing in disguise. It's helpful in a way to have so many commitments. You know, we already have all these chickens. We already, you know, have people who have made orders for different meats. So, We have to follow through with all of that, so we are just going to truck along and take it day by day, just like we have all summer long, but it feels good to be at the end. Everything feels a little bit more manageable for the most part. As I say that, last night, um, the sheep got out. We had a whole thing. I'm sure I'll talk about that in a little bit, but and we ended up having to spend like an hour in the dark trying to wrangle all the animals and the cow, and I was just like, oh my gosh. I'm ready to go live in a neighborhood instead of out on a farm. (laughs) But I just say that when it's hard. I really don't mean that. But anyway, let's see where to start. Um, Let's start with a turkey update. We can just go that route. Uh, Last time that I made an update, I think we had just gotten the turkeys and they were super cute. They are still super cute. Overall, we still really like them. I still like them more than the chickens. We will see if that continues. We've had really, really good luck with them. Uh, We've heard from a lot of people on the internet that uh, turkeys as babies are a lot harder to raise than normal chicks, like even the meat bird chicks. They're just a little bit more finicky. You have to keep them on the heat lamp for longer. You have to really be on top of their grit. You have to make sure that you're feeding them the high protein feed. And we did all that. And we, unless I'm remembering incorrectly, we didn't have any dye, like, at all. Uh, recently, we've had a couple predator issues. But other, like, that doesn't count in my book. Predator issues, that's not our fault. Uh, so we've, we've had great luck. We're really happily surprised. Uh, and we did end up selling some, though, as little newborn chicks. Uh, we started out with 80. Uh, We ordered that last year when we thought we were a little too optimistic. So we did end up selling about half of them, I believe. And man, they flew off the shelves. No pun intended. They, people really wanted turkeys to raise, especially because we had timed it out so that they would be ready um, a couple weeks before Thanksgiving. Uh, We had, when I put the post on a couple of the local Facebook groups, you know, just mentioning that we were looking to sell some of them, you know, in whatever fancy Facebook way, because I know you can't technically sell animals on Facebook, but 
you know, everyone does anyway, especially in the homestead groups. Um, but yeah, we had way more people. I mean, my phone was blowing up within an hour. I mean, we, it did take a couple days because a lot of people weren't serious inquiries. It was, you would not believe how many people messaged me and they're like, oh, I really want a pet turkey. I have to talk to my husband about it though. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, immediately no. <laughs> immediately no. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, but um, none of those people ended up – I didn't actually tell them no for the record, but that was what was going in my mind. And, of course, none of those people ever followed through, which is, you know, it is what it is. But other than those people, it was very easy to sell all of them. We could have sold all 80 if we wanted to. Uh, we had a lot of interest. And even anecdotally, like when people would come by and pick them up and we'd chit-chat, a lot of people – told me that they had tried turkeys and have never been able to grow them out to maturity. Um, most people said that it was the feeding issue. They hadn't realized that they can't just have normal chicken food. Um, some people had issues with, you know, I goodness knows, I don't know. Um, but we had really great luck. And even though we've never raised them before I gave everyone their little instructions and I gave most people a little bag of grit I think the first couple I gave them all a little bag of grit like make sure you feed them grit and um, hopefully it all worked out well for them because it worked out good for us uh, the way that I did my grit rations for them um, and because I am the one that takes care of the baby poultry when they're in the brooders. And then once they go out on pasture, my husband is in charge of it. That's kind of how we divvy up our farm chores. Since we do have regular increments of batches, that's just a lot easier for us uh, and time-wise. And it just makes more sense. So the way that I did it, I did not give them free choice grit. Uh, hypothetically, that might be the best way to do it because they should have their little instincts of when they need it and how much they need it. But they are they got so big so fast. And even though we did build a new brooder, I guess I didn't mention that. My husband built a whole new big heavy-duty brooder that we're really stoked about. So even though they had more room than usual they still just get so frantic and run around and spill everything. So until we have a better setup for like the food and grit, like something more stationary, I don't know, attached to the wall or something until then, I did not trust them to not like step on it and scratch it out and just waste all of it. So I just sprinkled, I, I can't give you a, like measurement because I also don't know how big our feeders are but you know like a handful or so kind of sprinkled on top of their food and again we had 40 so it really hand it really wasn't that much it just put you know a little bit mixed in with their food every like two or three days and apparently that worked well because they're all doing fine and growing really great uh, that's how we did that I do not remember how long I kept them on the heat lamp honestly I couldn't tell you. I don't even have a ballpark, but I know it was longer than usual. But also it was the middle of summer and it was scorching hot. So we had them on the heat lamp at night, I guess I would say longer than we do for the chickens. But there were some days that I ended up having to turn off the heat lamp because the heat index already just in the air was like 106. And I'm like, we don't need <laughs> extra heat lamps right now. So whatever I did worked. Wish I had better tips for you with that. 
Um, I guess my only tip is getting them in July, right? That's when we got them, July, August, September. Yeah, I think it was July. Getting them in July worked well with the heat in the air. Um, it worked. I think that was really conducive to how warm they need it in general. So that was really helpful. Um, what else about the turkeys? I think that's really most of the update. Um, I still like them better than chickens. They are, the only thing is they do bite more than chickens. (laughs) They do bite more than chickens, but I don't think it's a mean bite. I think it's just a curious bite and it hurts more because they're bigger and they are strong. Uh, Like when they get out of the chicken tractor, which hasn't happened a lot, but sometimes it does. They, they're really easy to catch. They don't really run away from us. They just like stand there. But when they try, if they want to get away from us, when they flap their wings, you have to like really put some effort on their wings to not break out of your hands. Like they are strong. It's surprising. Uh, But we love them. They're, this is going to sound really weird, but they're more cuddly than chickens. Uh, Like if you pet them on their head, they just like shut their little eyes and just like kind of snuggle into you. It's so weird. And I'm, I don't like birds like that. Like all birds kind of gross me out, honestly. Like I wouldn't, I don't know. Birds are just kind of gross to me in general, but it is very cute. And it was really cute when they would do it as little baby chicks. And now it's just funny. I'll watch my husband do it to them and it's really sweet and funny. But yeah, we like them a lot. They're still out in the tractors right now. The chicken tractors that we use with our meat birds. They are not as tall as I expected yet, which is totally fine. I think I just, I don't know. I've only really seen full grown turkeys, so I didn't know really what to expect growing them out. Um, So they're still short enough that it's fine, but they're just like girthy enough that (laughs) once we do the next batch of chicken processing, I think Nate's going to split them up into two tractors, um, just kind of what a 20 and 20 about. Um, And then once they get too tall for the chicken tractors, that's when we will try and do the electro netting. That's kind of always been the plan. We've heard that that works because they are white broad-breasted, which is like a more, I don't know what you would, not convention. I guess you would say conventional, like what, like, I don't know, like the meat bird of the turkeys. So they don't really fly uh, because that would be an issue. So we've heard you can just put them in electro netting when they get big. And that's what we're going to try. But we still are having some predator issues. Uh, The past two years, we've had awful predator issues. I guess the predators just finally know that we have a whole smorgasbord of animals to choose from over here. So we're hoping that the size will be more of a deterrent. Um, So we're not going to put them out until they get nice and big, more toward the end. I'm still a little bit nervous about it, but also we don't really have another choice. So it'll be a learning experience. We know the risks and we'll just tackle it as it comes just like we do with everything we've we have had a little bit of predator issues we still have that dang owl Uh, you'll have to listen to a couple episodes back when we talk about our owl issue that's still happening unfortunately uh the owl still occasionally gets um a chick or two and i think it's gotten a couple turkeys too even though we do our best to prevent it, we have like an extra barrier um, directly around the chicken tractors. But whenever we let our guard down, he just freaking knows. Uh, Nate did recently put up a fake owl statue, like one that moves its head around in the wind. Uh, 
just to give it a try, you know, why not? They're not that expensive. And at this point, anything to scare it away, we are open to. And he moves it around. And I think it's been working. I don't think we've had an issue uh, um, an issue with it yet. I think it's only been up a week. But he moves it around every day. It's funny and tacky. But whatever works, I, I hope it keeps working. Because that owl is a pain in the butt. <laughs> and keeping on the poultry train, the meat chickens are doing good. We only have two more batches uh, till we're done, and we're definitely scaling back next year. I think Nate's very burnt out from it, and I don't blame him. Uh, it's it's hard on him. It's um, This is the most batches that we've ever done before, and it's doable, but barely. <laughs> and it's just long days, a lot of hard labor. Those are the hardest chores every day, moving all the tractors, especially managing so many different tractors at one time. Uh, thankfully now from here on out, I think after the, I want to say two batches ago is when we had the most running at one time. And now of course, every time we do a batch, it's less. We only have two left plus the turkeys, but it's just a lot. It adds so much time to daily chores. It's whole, a whole day gone from your weekend on chicken processing day. It used to be more, but um, he hires help or um, people like to come help too. And that has made it so much easier. And now it really doesn't, it doesn't take a whole day, even with him and one helper. If they start at like 7 a.m., usually they're done by like three, like two or three in the afternoon, depending on how it is. Um, but it's still a lot. It still really is a lot of time. And then you have to think about, um, a lot of people who get chicken from us, like it's, um, but obviously butchered, duh, but, um, like parted out. That's the word I'm looking for parted out. So then he has to go in with all the birds and, um, part them out. And then I, you know, after he does that, it's my job to package them. That's a lot of vacuum sealing. And if you've ever used a vacuum sealer, um, that can take a long time when you have to wait in between every time it seals to cool down. It's such a pain. Uh, we always say we're going to get two or three vacuum sealers, so it'll go a lot faster. Um, we have changed a little bit of what we do with that part of it. We had tried to sell as many whole chickens as we possibly could um, because it's just easier for us and less time and less expensive because those vacuum seal bags can really rack up a lot of money. Um, we also are doing something a little bit different with the parted out birds now. I don't know how much detail I want to go into it just because I don't know if anyone really cares, but um, we're doing uh, we're doing a little bit differently with that. Let me know if you want more information about that, but we're putting more parts in each bag, I guess you would say. Like it, we used to keep it more of, um, we would have people buy a bird and then if they wanted us to part it out, then we had like a little extra fee with that. I can't, it was really you know, like a dollar or something and we would part it out. So because we did it that way, we would part it out of like two breasts in one bag, the two legs, you know, like an actual chicken just parted out. Um, and that just got way too tedious. Like it, it ended up, I feel like it's just a waste of bags. It made sense, but now we're just doing it all differently because so many people do want it parted out. Um, you know, 
we I feel I feel like when the pandemic was going on and the food insecurity was really big, people were super into homesteading and getting locally grown food and stocking up their freezers and we're just really into that and we're a lot more likely to buy whole chickens. But now in the recession, I feel like a lot of people and a lot of the new customer base that we had are going back to, you know, like cheaper food because of the prices and, you know, they're getting their Walmart back, their Walmart, they're getting their chicken back at Walmart. And, you know, I don't blame them. And I've definitely been there, not with buying our meat from Walmart, but, you know, going back to you know, like grocery store brands instead of name brands. And it, it's a weird time. And I, the, the homesteading and back to, back to Eden gardening and all that stuff was just, I feel like it really peaked in the past two years and now we're back on the decline of people going back to how it had been because everything is so expensive and it's hard. You know, I don't, it, I, I can see how people can think that buying locally grown food is a luxury. I mean, I guess in, in some ways it is when it comes down to feeding your family, you do have the option of conventional meat and, I can see why people choose that. I mean, I don't want to do that, but if for some reason we weren't able to get to make our to grow our own food, I like I would do that if my family needed it and we had to save money. Like I I see that, but I'm really thankful that we don't have to do that. <laughs> um so anyway, I guess all that to say that was another spiel. I should have had that in a whole new segment because I could talk about that forever. Um, it's crazy how short-lived that um, local grown movement has kind of ended in a lot of ways, which is sad. But I guess that's to be expected. It's hard and it's expensive. And that's – but it's a way of life and for a lot of people like us. And um, we've made a lot of friends along the way, especially with – this huge movement and a lot of people close to us understand us a little bit more. I feel like um, a lot of our family and friends when we had first started homesteading did not understand it. And they were like, we got a lot of negative comments and we still do sometimes, but that has definitely um, changed after everything with COVID. A lot of people understand it more and aren't weirded out that we, harvest our own animals that we've you know grown from babies a lot of people always thought oh that's awful you guys are heartless you guys how could you ever do that I would never ever do that I would never get meat from you guys because we've seen them as babies and now people get it so we rarely get comments like that anymore and that has really been a blessing and I'm glad people's eyes have been opened um but again, I think it's kind of short-lived. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if next year we get those comments again. Um, man, now I lost my train of thought after I went on that huge tangent. <laughs> uh, meat chickens. Yeah, they're fine. We're going to downsize next year. I don't know how much, um, but I, I'm sure we'll have to have a farm meeting in the fall and we will decide what is realistic. We also have so much in our freezers. I guess that is kind of where I meant to go with that last conversation um, where last year we couldn't keep enough chicken in stock because people wanted it so badly. And now we're having a little bit of a harder time um, selling it now because it, they're just the 
desire isn't there as much. Um, but I will say a lot of it, like it's mainly our previous customers. Like people have been really happy with our product and that that's what I'm really thankful for and really excited about. But uh, yeah, so anyway, we are really stocked up on chicken right now. <laughs> we are stocked up. And so as far as feeding our family next year, we don't need a ton of chicken like for ourselves. So um, we'll see what we end up. Even if we have what usually we get batches of 80. So if we're only thinking about doing it for our family next year, we would be totally good with just one batch of 80 and that would last us for the year. If you combine that with what we have already now, I mean, we would be able to have chicken still multiple times a week um, and not run out. So I'm not sure what we'll do about that, but we will find out soon. Uh, the laying hens are a disaster. Oh my God. <laughs> they are. It's just been hard between being overwhelmed with, the farm in general um because even oh, my phone is blowing up i don't know why sorry about that if you can hear that uh, but even though nate is the one that has the biggest burden with the farm like i will never say otherwise with that especially on butchery days but because especially on butchery days and butchery weeks and stuff because he has to focus all of his attention on that, it doesn't lend me to be able to take care of the little lower priority on the scheme of things, farm things that I want to because I'm, you know, taking care of the kids, taking care of the house, doing all these things. And a lot of things that I need to do, I can't do with the kids with me right now because they're so young. So all that to say, the <laughs> um, big hen, our laying hens, oh my gosh, they have gotten... I want to say neglected, not in like the, the animal abuse way. I just mean like I haven't been able to like do as much as I usually do with them. And they're just a disaster. And um, like they've been laying all over the place and <laughs> they've been in a bad habit of eating their eggs. I haven't been getting eggs every day. And I need I'm we're ready for a total reset with them. I'm planning on cleaning out their coop, like a full deep clean of their coop as next week hopefully fingers crossed um, I want to do that they have after we've had a lot of um, thunderstorms and even like after the hurricanes last year there are a lot of things that broke that aren't like needed like I'm thinking specifically of we have a window on the coop that you can like open and shut and in one of the windstorms the um, latch on it broke so it just kind of like flops in the wind <laughs> so it's not an issue but things like that I'm like gosh I really need to fix uh, and previously we have like a huge run for them and I had originally we had just put um, like bird netting on top um, if you go look on, on my Instagram, if you want to see the run, I know I have pictures of it cause it's probably going to be hard to describe, but essentially we made it out of T posts and, um, welded wire. And then I just attached like bird netting on top. It's not too like predator proof, but because especially in the beginning, we didn't have any predator issues and it's like right by our front door, um, with the lights. It's not really knock on wood in a, we've, Knock on wood, still to this day, even with all the predator issues we have on the other areas, we've never had a predator issue with them. And the coop is like five feet in the air. <laughs> so 
So we've never had a predator issue, so it's not super predator proof right now. Um, but the bird netting that we put on top between all the windstorms and just the natural damage that occurs with UV rays and just weathering and hot and the cold and the years, it is like, it's like totally disintegrated in parts. It, it, it is, it was just falling apart. Um, it, there were a lot of holes in it. They were getting out. Um, they were just getting out all the time. And in the past like month, I'd say I just kind of gave up. <laughs> and, um, when we first got the hens, we had planned on them being free range, but then they just kept getting into mischief and they loved to come on our porch and just poop all over our stuff. And they'd get in the garden and they'd get in my flower pots and they'd go in the neighbor's yard so that's why we made the run and had them be enclosed all the time, even though, you know, in the perfect world, I'd love for them to be free range, but they just got into too much mischief. Um, but in the past month, they essentially had, most of them have been free range. It's funny with their little personalities. We have like, gosh, right now I want to say we have like 16 chickens, I think. And there's like half of them that every day it's impossible to keep them in the coop. They just fly out every day. And then there's other ones that don't, that they just don't <laughs> like, they'd just rather be in the run. So we've just kind of accepted those, that those half of them that just were free range. So they've literally just been free range for the past month. But today, finally, Nate took the day off last night. And so today I stuck him with the kids and I just went out there. And that's some, one of the things that I can't do with the kids because it takes so long. It's so tedious. They want to be all up in my grill. I have hammers and sledgehammers and nails and they just can't be around that because all they want to do is be close to me. They they don't. Yeah, I just can't do it with them. <laughs> um, but I spent like four hours working my butt off to redo the way the run is. I'm still only like one third of the way done, but I've got the hardest part done thankfully um and again it's gonna be really hard to describe so I might not even bother but I took down all of the netting and instead we have a lot of extra um welded wire from the failure of a fence that I tried to put around the garden a year or two ago and when we had a the hard fence for the animals I don't we didn't even ha I don't even think we had the podcast at that point that was like five years ago before we did the rotational grazing we just had a hard fence um we had uh I say hard it, it wasn't like a hard fence I guess it was electric wire um, but then once the sheep started having babies and things like that, um, just long story short, it, we ended up because some of the animals were getting out more frequently, um, we put <laughs> like a hard ish fence around the perimeter of the prop, not even of the property, but where we had the animals of welded wire on T-posts to deter them from getting out if they went through the electric wire because it was just like a three-strand wire. Um, and then when we turned to rotational grazing, we just took all that down and it's just kind of scrap. So we have like, it feels like miles and miles worth of welded wire. So, and extra T-posts too. So I 
ha- I'm putting T posts in the ground on either side of the run and I'm making it like an arch. So I'm, I have strips of welded wire that I'm attaching to the T posts going over to the other side and attaching on another T post. So it's like an arch. If you can envision that. So hypothetically a human can walk in to it too, which is what we wanted after a lot of trial and error with the last run. So I have the area that's like connected to the door of the coop up like the ramp because they would the our chicken coop is so tall. It's like five feet in the air. So when they would get up to the ramp, it would be like the equal height of the T posts. So they would even with clipped wings, they would still just jump off the ramp and glide off onto the ground. So the biggest thing for me was to just enclose at least where the ramp is so they couldn't get that leverage to fly out. Um, They could still get out right now, but I think that's going to deter most of them. And any of the ones that get out now, I'm going to clip their wings. I do think they would have to fly out. Um, And their feathers grow back. Like hopefully you all know wing clipping. It's not clipping their arms. It's like giving them a haircut. So their flight wings can't fly um, and they do grow back. So just because you clip a chicken's wings once they do grow back and we have so many chickens, it's hard to keep track of that. So my plan is anytime one gets out, I'm going to clip its wings. So hopefully it won't get out again until I can fully enclose everything. Um, I think that's the end of that. I feel like that was really anticlimactic. I just worked on the coop today and we're going to, I'm hoping to revamp everything and get that back on track uh, because they're, I think, like I mentioned in the beginning, they're just laying everywhere. And then when they would get out, I would find like nests everywhere. Um, oh, <laughs> kind of on that note, I don't think this had happened on the last episode, but we accidentally let a chicken go broody. And now we have three little baby chicks because what do we need on the farm? More chickens. <laughs> she has we name she's um our cornish hen we name her corny i name her corny that's just what i call her because she's our only cornish hen and she has always been broody like she all summer this is like the fifth time that she's tried to go broody she's our only chicken that's ever wanted to go broody and finally because everything was chaotic i knew she was sitting and I was like, you know what? I just don't want to deal with this right now. <laughs> like, I just don't want to deal with it. Whatever she can do. She's on her own. We have a predator problem. If you can be a good mama and keep those babies alive, fine. You can have your babies. And she did. She laid four eggs and three hatched. Um, I had, toward the end, I didn't know exactly when she started sitting. Um, And I didn't think, honestly, I didn't think they'd be fertilized because she's been out. She's always kind of been our free range chicken because she doesn't get into any mischief. Um, So we just kind of let her do her own thing. And she hadn't been in the coop for so long. I didn't think they were fertile. Um, So then after a couple days, maybe like a week or two, and she was still sitting, I'm like, man, I don't want these eggs to like rot like I wasn't sure I hadn't really done a lot of research on what happens if a chicken sits on unfertile eggs like do they just sit there for all eternity like what happens so I candled them and when I candled them 
they I saw that one didn't didn't look fertilized like it lit up like a Christmas light like there was nothing in that so I knew one wouldn't um wouldn't hatch another one looked like it was going to hatch any day like it was completely dark I could see it moving like I was like wow that's going to hatch like now um, the other two looked really, they were alive and I could see the little embryo in it, but they looked like they weren't very far along. So I was like, wow, like what happens when they're all at different stages? Like, I don't know what to expect, but we, I had just made the mental commitment of we're just going to let nature take its course. I'm not going to take these eggs in and incubate them. Like, oh, I think one of my kids is crying. Sorry about that mom duty called oh goodness what was i talking about i should have collected my thoughts um oh the chickens um yeah so i was not sure how that would end up but long story short about um a week later three little baby chickens hatched and they are super cute um they we so we have a black copper moran rooster we have two breast roosters as well so all three of them surprisingly live in harmony in the big chicken coop with all the girls um which is amazing i never thought we would be able to have three roosters that were not all born together live in harmony but they do they're all really really good sweet rooster boys um so we weren't sure who the dad would be obviously you would think that it would be more likely to be to the breast one of the breasts because it's two of them um but the black copper moran is the kind of the top of the pecking order so it is the black copper moran that's the daddy and we know that because they are three beautiful little black babies and they all have furry legs and the cop well furry feathery legs and the black copper moran is a breed that have feathered legs so that was funny and easy to pick out i'm glad it was really easy to nail that down um and they're doing great i was worried about them they were so so cute and she she is a great mom she has great instincts um she's really protective of them so it's hard to um grab them but she has they it's that's been gosh, like two or three weeks ago now. And all three are still alive and kicking. And she's, she's done a great job as a mama. She's obviously protected them, kept them warm, um, found them food. I do kind of give a little bit of food here and there. And I try and fill up a little extra water thing for them, even though I swore I wouldn't because I wanted it to just be, she was going to if she was going to ha- want that responsibility, it would be her responsibility. But then when they come here, it's it's too cute. I can't not help. But for the most part, like, she do- like I don't feed those special food every day. I don't fill up the water every single day. There have definitely been days where it dried up, but they're all alive and kicking and doing their own thing. And now the babies are growing and they can fly now. Um, I saw all three of them up on our porch today, and (laughs) so they're doing good. I don't know what we're going to do with them. I hope we get one female, um, because we did actually lose a layer a couple weeks ago. So it is, we, even though we are, we don't need any more laying hens, they do decline after like about four years. Like that's kind of after their peak. Uh, So we do kind of like to have a 
we we like to get a couple every year. This is the first year that I don't that we didn't get any new layers, but I feel like in the scheme of things, it's a good idea to just kind of keep not have everyone in batches, if that makes sense. So we don't have all of them getting too old and needing to be called at one time. And just because it takes so long for them to mature into laying hens. So hopefully we'll get one or two females. Um, Not that we want any more roosters. That wouldn't be good. But we also don't need three more laying hens. Um, And I... If we were to get more laying hens, I do want to expand our colors and, and they're just going to lay a brown egg, but we'll see. Half black copper Moran, maybe it'll be like a darker egg. It won't be like the chocolate that I like, but uh, it should be hopefully a darker egg. We'll see. It'll it'll be a surprise next year. Um, yeah, so that's the laying hens. It's funny seeing them run around together and right now they are the only ones, she's the only one that um, is not in the coop. Um, she's just, I, she's probably going to be free range for free range forever. Cause she's really good and sweet and doesn't really get into much. And I don't want her stuck in the run cause the babies can come in and out of the bars. So we don't want them to get, be not protected from her. So until they get bigger, she'll be out. And then pig update. Unfortunately, no updates with the pig. We thought we'd have an update a couple weeks ago, probably about 28 days ago. We thought that one of the pigs was in labor uh, because they we're down to four pigs. Um, we have our male pig, who is our breeder pig. We have two female breeders and we have one grower left that we haven't butchered yet. and. They were supposed to have reached maturity around uh, February, I think. Gosh, I can't remember now, but earlier. So we had always kind of been expecting if they bred right around when they reached maturity, like the earliest that they could have babies is around now. Um, I think August, I think is when we timed it out. The earliest possible that they could start having babies was around August. So we, and I won't go into all the details, but she looked like, you know, she was swollen and it looked like her teats were doing things and she was acting weird and uh, the boar was starting to get protective of her. We were like, wow, what, like, and it was, of course, not any of, not the two females we wanted to give birth. It was the grower. (laughs) Um, So that was... That was the whole thing, and we were like, oh, no, like, that's not in the plan. What are we going to do with three litters of pigs? It's earlier than we expected. We have people waiting on pork. Like, what are we going to do with that? And then we came to terms like, oh, it's exciting. At least it'll be, you know, our first farrowing will be, you know, kind of like a bonus one and we'll good good learning experience. Well, long story short, we're just – stupid and she was actually just in heat so not only was she pregnant she was she not pregnant like she was not pregnant and that didn't make any sense but like not only did are we not getting piglets like she's not pregnant and the other two went into heat like the next day and so we were surprised and maybe we shouldn't have been because after that we did, like, Nate contacted some of 
his people that know about pig breeding and learn a little bit more. I think we just expected it to happen soon because with the sheep, it happens like we've never had an issue with breeding with sheep. And like there have been a lot that have gotten probably pregnant sooner than we intended. And um, yeah, Nate kind of watched them for a little bit and our boar or I don't know if he's called a boar whatever a male pig that you're trying to breed is doing he's just not getting not getting in there it's just not the the two parts are not where they need to be um not 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 where they need to be like I mean he's just not getting it in I don't know how else to say it. he's not getting it in and um from just kind of the advice he got from a lot of people. I think it's not out of the ordinary. The girls, I guess, mature larger than the boys. Or maybe he is a little bit younger by than them. Because he's obviously not part of their litter. But for whatever reason, just like anatomically, when he's getting on their back, it's not at like a great, like she's higher up than he is. So, um, from what we've heard, that's pretty normal, um, and that some people have to assist in the destination, (laughs) which Nate was not excited about, but, um, I think since then, like, he didn't help that cycle for them, but this cycle, I think they all went back into heat, like, a couple days ago, and he said he tried, like, he just tried to get in there and like maybe see if he could help a little bit. But he, the boar, or I keep calling him boar. I don't know if that's what I'm supposed to call him. But the male didn't like that. And he was not happy that Nate was getting close to them. So we, it just might be a longer timeline than we expected. I think it'll all turn out fine. It's just like he needs to grow a little bit more and get bigger so that he can be in the right target range for babies to happen. Um, So that's a little bit disappointing. I don't think we're going to get piglets. Well, we're definitely not getting piglets this year. But um, yeah, we're a little bit bummed about that. But maybe that's for the better. They'll get a little bit more mature. Um I'm sure that'll probably be better for everyone for them to be a little bit older and hopefully less stressful. Like we're not going to do AI as of right now. Um, We're not, we're just going to kind of wait it out a little bit. There's no pressure um, where it's just different. It's just a different plan and it's not that big of a deal, but we were a little bit disappointed. Um, Yeah. So that's all about the pigs. They are just loving life, doing pig stuff um, knock on wood, haven't had any more escapes recently. They're also super huge now. Like they are gigantic. Um, and I don't think they can run very fast anymore, but I know that's famous last words. I also don't want to be on another pig run. (laughs) Um, yep. So no, no other updates with them other than no updates. The sheep and the cow, (laughs) they're good. They're living their life. The sheep got out last night. Oh my gosh. One of the younger lambs. He's, this is the second time that he's done this. He got caught in the electric fence and I don't know why he keeps doing this. Like, does it not hurt when you get stuck in it? Like literally wrapped around. We think what he keeps doing is trying to like, because when we move the fence and we put it on 
the new pasture, it's never exactly flush to the ground because it's like a really lush, thick pasture. So it's not like the bottom ground wire isn't all the way on the ground. Like the grass does kind of have it up a little bit. And we think he's trying to like nose under it to nibble on the like because it always happens when they like they need to get moved like they they didn't run out of grass obviously but they're ready to be moved and so we think that he tries to reach as far as he can to get new grass under the fence and then gets shocked on the top of his head and it scares him and he jumps forward like more toward it and then just kind of freaks out because this is the second time that we've had to untangle him from the electric fence and in all that chaos it took the line down and so then a couple of them got out and the cow got out um and it was just a pain in the butt like it wasn't that big of a deal but it was just like when Nate found him it was like just starting to get sundown and we were going to go to our school's football game and our four-year-old was so excited about going to his school's football game and um, we almost had to miss the whole entire football game because it took so long because it got dark and it wouldn't have been so bad if it weren't dark. Um, but it just took like at least an hour to do in the pitch dark. The cow didn't want to come in. So we Nate, we had to take down another line and kind of corral him and just make a new area for him. So that throws off the rotation and uh, it was just so annoying it was so annoying it wasn't that big of a deal but it was just annoying and then our son was so upset because he thought we weren't going and we probably shouldn't have gone because by then it was like eight o'clock the game started at seven it was eight o'clock by the time we left it's over it was like 45 minutes away and so like it's past both the kids bedtimes they were exhausted none of their friends were there because it was so late it was just annoying just another time where you're like, wow, people who don't have a farm, like, wow, that must be great. <laughs> it really wasn't that big of a deal, but there's something else. Usually they're not so bad, but those times, those little times where things go wrong, it's just ah, always the cherry on top of a hard day. You know what I mean? <sighs> so, yeah, they're fine. Um, I think the cow is going to get... Um, uh, processed pretty soon here. It's almost my husband's birthday, and usually we do a cow around then. So I think we're probably coming up on that. <sighs> yeah. Um. What else is left? I guess garden update. Garden not not our year, not best year ever for the garden. That's for sure. But now that it's getting cool, of course I'm like totally reinvigorated. Um. The I think on, I think two podcasts ago, I shared that I had given up on my big garden, my usual garden, and I just made like a little tiny garden um, in Nate's garden. That's take a shot every time I say garden. Um, I had just made, I had bought a couple plant starts, just like five tomatoes uh, and like a few things uh, that were easier to maintain. And I put them in a garden closer to the house to make it easier for me just just so that we could have a couple of fresh fruits and vegetables. And it's doing fine. I mean, you know, even with everything, it's not doing excellent because the ground over there, I, I didn't really amend it. I fertilized it, but I didn't amend it. And it's pretty heavy soil. 
So it's not as good as I had hoped, but we did get some things. The zucchini did really well until it got some kind of wilt or disease. So we had like an abundance for like one week and then it, the both of them died. I just made, got, um, I planted two zucchini plants in ground and they grew really well, but then they got a disease and died. Um, the cucumber, my, I planted a couple cucumber seeds and only one sprouted and it did phenomenal. It was the best cucumber plant I've ever grown in my life. I, we were, we had a lot of cucumbers, but then uh, the same thing kind of happened. I don't know if it was a disease or if I just didn't water it quite frequently enough, but um, that was short-lived as well. Uh, the tomatoes are still producing, though. I'm not getting a ton, but it's okay. Still gardening a little bit. Um, I have come to terms with how chaotic the main garden has been uh, because I have let it go the past two years, and now... I really need to just go ahead and start from scratch. Like, it, I've just got to start from scratch. But I realized, I think, one of the big downfalls and changes of the past two years that I made. So, we started rotationally grazing two years ago. And before then, we just had all of our ruminants in the just in the pasture all the time. And we had a little um, shelter for them where, and we would feed them hay during the winter and they had bedding, like hay as bedding in their little shelter. And I would use that bedding on my garden to cover it during the winter. And I think I really took for granted how phenomenal that did for the garden. Uh, Cause I even look back at pictures and like, even the areas that I maintain just aren't as amazing as they used to be. And I really feel like that bedding with all the manure in it and just that extra organic matter, all that good stuff, I think it was the magic ticket for the garden. And unfortunately, I won't have that anymore because we do rotationally graze, which is great for the animals, great for our pasture, but not great for my garden. So I'm just going to have to start back from scratch. I'm toying with different ideas of how I want to do that. Um, I think I'm going to till it up, which I had planned to do last year and I just never got around to it. But um, I'm going to start earlier now, hopefully. I'm going to take up all the weed tarp. I'm going to take that up. I'm going to till up the area. And then I'm thinking of doing a cover crop, like some kind of nitrogen fixing cover crop. Uh, I talked to my brother-in-law about it and he does Australian field peas for his cover crop during the winter. And I think I might try that. Um, and then once that grows a little bit, I think I'll tarp it and just tarp it forever until I'm ready to plant. And then I'll just do some, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll either fully amend it or I might just like really start from scratch and get just a couple bags of like garden soil to put on top um, and figure out which way I want to do my beds. I do want to do my beds a little bit differently too. Um, I want to make them a little bit more like raised beds. I think that's just going to work a lot better for me um, right now. So a lot on the horizon, I hope. I The first step will be, <laughs> I don't know, pulling all the weeds off of the weed tarp because weeds are growing literally on top of the weed tarp at this point because it's just so overgrown. 
I, but if you look through, I do have vegetables in there. <laughs> the most of them are devoured by bugs. The, but um, if you search, you can find some tomatoes in there. It's just really intimidating and overwhelming to go over there. Uh, but there are there is food in there if you really look hard. <laughs> oh, well, here's hoping next year will go better with the garden. I I really hope so. But yeah, that was a lot longer of a podcast than I had intended. Now I guess I need to go clean my house um, finally now that it's 930 at night. Uh, But I like checking in. I hope you all are doing well. I hope your summer's been going great and you all had a really good garden year unlike me. Um, But I'd love to chat with you on Instagram. Go check us out on Instagram. Um, I'm sure I'll link it in the description. Um, but we're with my hands homestead. I think on Instagram it might. Oh man, wow! This is a great promo for my Instagram. I can't remember my handle. It's either W H Homestead or no, no. You know what? Forget everything I said. I'm just gonna link it in my uh, in the description of this because now I'm messing it all up. W M H Homestead is usually our handle, or with my hands homestead. All words. So find us eventually. I I update usually on Instagram a lot more during the fall and winter and spring. I update all the time during the summer. It's always a little bit hard, but you can go see the uh, Corny's chickens. Um, And I think I had a lot of pig stuff when I thought they were going to give birth. Um, (laughs) So a lot of pig content, a lot of pig, a lot of turkey content and um, no garden contact content because I'm embarrassed by that. Anyway, have a great time and I will talk to you guys another day. Bye.